Greetings program, hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 81, astoundingly. I am your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my winsome, efficacious, and gregarious guest co-host, Dave Brown. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Duncan. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm glad to... It's uh, glad to have you back here. It's been fun talking about these minutes. You've got some good, some classic, uh, some classic David Warner here. Probably some of the best. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's hard to say which David Warner scene is the best David Warner scene, but uh, I think that's that's it. That's a contender. That entrance, I'm just never going to get over that entrance. <laughs> so it's just almost shooting the finger guns at people. Like, hey. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that's about right. David Warner. Every David Warner scene is a David Warner scene. It's no one yeah, else he's yeah. seen. No one's going to come and take that scene away from David Warner. That's a very true fact, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's done any sort of two-handers. <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of a solitary guy, so I don't really... I don't know, we'll see. I wonder... Yeah, he's probably done a lot of stage work. Oh, you know, I know he's done a lot of stage work. That's where he got his start. Well, anyway, what happens in this minute? We see Tron awkwardly climbing around the outside of the carrier while a portion of Sark's bridge detaches and flies off to rendezvous with the MCP tower. And Flynn and Yori ponder their predicament as they are stuck in the jail cell. Uh, it starts with some more shots of the polygonal tessellated landscape scrolling by underneath the ship. And it's kind of too bad. Well, I mean, I know I. You got to forgive 1982. <laughs> it's too bad they couldn't get a bit more depth here. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's supposed to be a shot of like, whoa, Tron, it's a long way down. You know, you're supposed to be like, ooh, the cavern floor is so far away. The valley floor is so far away. But um, it, you know, like the bottoms of these massive Montana. <laughs> Wyoming wily coyote bluffs that are disappearing into the fog below like he's miles in the air but as it is it's uh I don't really I don't really get a sense of that no he's about 50 feet up a... he's about 50 feet up yeah it's still it's hard like that when thing. he jumps off but... it would still hurt well maybe not Tron because apparently oh, he's, that's uh, right yeah com- he's good at falling completely Im- he's great at falling he's very good at it could use his disc as a parachute and land softly the perspective's uh, kind of weird here. Yeah. I don't know what the... I think that's... Just super pulled in. And then there's a lot of the rest of the film, there's hardly any perspective. It's quite an odd attempt at making it look far away, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're just doing the best that they can for the time. Because I know they had to do that for, like, the light cycle race uh, when they were doing, like, the walls of the arena that are in the distance they had to add some um like some darkness and some like you know the further away from the camera it is the 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 darker it is or the blurrier it is kind of thing they had to sort of add that otherwise everything looked really flat uh, you okay. know because it all had the same the same value and you know typical just whatever average cg problems <laughs> that the, that they've always had kind of thing but this is the beginning so you know you got to be forgiving i guess but it's kind of like when you're you're looking out a plane window and you see a bunch of cornfields yeah or or whatever and you're like uh okay that looks like a patchwork quilt that's like <laughs> 50 feet below the plane yeah, yeah you know either i'm 50 feet above the ground or i'm 
you know, 800 miles above the ground. But I guess in the film, it's one of those situations, though, where there's no air. Yeah. So you should oh, yeah, really be getting is... the depth cue in the air would give it, but you have to put it in because otherwise it looks weird to people. Yeah. Yeah. If they had a. It would be cool if they had like a whoosh, like a, like a, the wind whipping by. That would add a lot of, of a sense of danger to it anyway, because it's not, it's not happening. It's not inducing the vertigo <laughs> that I think it's going no. for. I think it's trying to like. So the music here before the synth kicks in is kind of like the, uh, the original soundtrack to Ghostbusters when the portal opens or, or so, like just real Elmer Bernstein kind of stuff, like not not cliche but classic, you know, like that kind of music that you that you use to generate emotional involvement. Like, you know, like you have a shot of not much, but you play, you know, different music, <laughs> and uh, and you get that horrified or amused or intrigued or engaged. And that's this this music here is really 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 good. This would be a very boring scene without the music. There's a couple shots in here that surprisingly don't have music in the in the in the movie so far. There's been some sequences that I'm like, uh, there's no music during this scene. What's going on? Yeah, I was going and to mention it, it, so that it, because it, I've been rewatching it um to come on and talk about it. There's there's yeah. whole swathes near the start where there's just no sound. Maybe someone yeah. walks down a corridor or even in the real world sections when alan goes to that's see right. uh dillinger yeah uh, when he meets him in the kind of boardroom thing that whole bit there's nothing for ages i don't know if that's at the time did films tend not to have so much incidental sound and now Maybe. it's it's just a more common thing or some choice they were just going to use music when it was important but it was just really yeah, noticeable it, it really is. It's noticed. Uh, it's noticeable for its absence. It's something that I, I noticed. And a couple of the scenes, there's like a couple of action scenes and a couple of emotional scenes that have no music. Mm. And you're like, wow, there. This is this is missing. I should have some, some, uh, some music here. But I don't know. Maybe they only had so much to go around, and they didn't want to repeat themselves, or I don't know. We get a, it's all. It's all in the uh, what do you call it? Uh, on the past <laughs> you know i think once this this is probably the definition of one of those movies that like you know what was that one they say uh, movies are abandoned they're not finished yeah yeah, yeah. you know like, so i think this is <laughs> or what george two. lucas has one as well he says it doesn't have to be good it has to be good enough yeah 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 which i think is very uh very true as well like you can have hopes and aspirations but like it's coming out on July the 16th. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have to uh, accept what we've got for this particular shot. We get a really awkward shot here of Tron as he's, he's, he's hiding in the alcove of what looks like a heating vent of some kind or something like that, or not a heating vent, but like an air vent, or it's got kind of a grill on it. And he's trying to straddle the divider between it and the next uh, heating vent, sort of like, uh, Neo on the outside of the building in the beginning of the Matrix or whatever. Like he's doing something really precarious here with, again, what looks like no friction or handholds <laughs> present. Well, this bit but, in uh, particular, it looks like he's lying on the floor rather than actually being on a wall. It's just chilling yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder if he is. <laughs> That's I'm entirely sure. possible. Well, he's on his, his tippy-toes, so uh, maybe not, but... 
I'm sure they did some some uh, switcheroo shots like that just to just so they could get the shot. When but, you're shooting in that kind of background, you can do whatever, right? But it's almost but also, like a Batman climbing up the side of a building. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, climbing up the side <laughs> of the windows there. There's a supercut of all of those because they always had a celebrity cameo in those. Oh yeah, the window would open and like Vincent Price would come out, and the window would open, or and Cary Grant would come out and be like, "What the?" You know, like someone like that. And uh, there's a there's a supercut of like all the celebrity window cameos from the wall climbing shots. That's pretty good. One thing we do see here is that uh, these costumes sure are tight. <laughs> <laughs> we get another uh, another shot here. Of Bruce Bachleit, Bruce Bachleitner's taut legs and his eyes. Uh, like I was saying, there was a, there's a clip in the Simpsons of uh, Flanders wearing a snowsuit. You oh know yeah, that one. They go nah. they go skiing. They go skiing, and Flanders is wearing this like skin tight snowsuit, and he's like, uh, "Oh, it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all, nothing at all, nothing at all." And uh, and Homer's like, "Stupid, sexy Flanders." <laughs> so there's this. <laughs> that's become kind of a meme and every time i see one of these shots i'm just like oh tron it looks like you're wearing nothing at all <laughs> no, nothing at all no. so he's uh he's, he manages to straddle the divider but he stops looking a little stuck and uh takes a peek down we get a shot from above him uh pausing spread eagled on the wall with the ground going by in the distance uh, then it cuts to a wider shot of the side of the ship and i'm not quite sure what we're looking at here because there's there's two tiny vents in the upper right, upper left corner, which may be where Tron is, but I don't see him. But there's sort of a small cave-looking hole in the wall. There's a huge circular indentation beside it. This is, I think this is the, the little bridge thing that pokes out from the side of the ship, from the side of Sark's carrier. Oh, yeah. It's part, of the pro, part of the problems with this like bold architecture is that when you cut to hard shots like this, it does take your brain a second to go like, what am I looking at? <laughs> Is is this macro or is this micro? Is this am I, am I is this a close up of a circuit or is this the side of a building? I don't know what's what's going on here exactly. But um, yeah, so we get a shot, and also I just well we get a shot of the twelve old programs standing in their robes around Sark. He's standing in the center of a small command podium, podium thing, sort of like when he talks to the MCP. Um, but I don't think it's the same the same one. He's got his lieutenant to his right, two heavy guards in the back, and his lieutenant says, "Intermediate vectors detached." As a green stripe lights up around the uh, around the entrance. Now I'm glad there's no wind in the grid. This is I, this is this this is what I'm I've come to the conclusion that there's no wind in the grid. <laughs> or, I don't know. I don't think there is because the front window on this battleship helm appears to be open to the air. It just feels it's like got no windscreen. And they're they're flying along on this battleship, so it would be like a like an air scoop, right? It'd be they'd be getting blasted with all this wind, and Tron is hanging on to the side of what essentially is like a seven forty seven plane. So <laughs> it just it just wouldn't work if actual air was involved. And they might have added a little bit. It would be cool to see them add a little bit, but there's nothing on them that would flutter in the wind. You know, like they don't they they don't have hair or a jacket or something that would flutter in the wind. So, but it would be kind of cool to have that like Flash Gordon shot, like when they're in the 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 Hawkman's fighting arena, 
and one of them kicks a chalice <laughs> off the edge and you just see it like fall forever down into the uh the the inky swirly abyss those uh those tripped out 1960s clouds um it would be cool to have something fall off of tron and just see it fall forever down to the floor something like that to sort of give more of a sense of uh of what's happening here yeah some little antenna or something that he could kick off accidentally when he's yeah there you go yeah something on the side of the ship there yeah yeah and Sark says, uh, root us to the MCP. I want to get rid of this dead weight and catch a transport beam back to the game domain. So that's a sort of a version of the line he was supposed to say earlier in the novelization in the, in the screenplay where he talks about catching transport beams and what he's going to do and why he's going there. And so um, that's cool. Or maybe they had both lines and decided to cut the earlier one to avoid repetition because he's got this line. And I'm like, well, if you can catch a transport beam, what are you doing in this giant ship in the first place? But they uh, they do say there's a few shots in the novel of like thousands of recognizers coming out of the holding bays of uh, of the carrier. So it's the that's the this is the ship that sort of populates the grid with recognizers. So I guess that's ah, the reason okay. why uh, why it's uh, it's like a, a military vehicle carrier. So, and we cut outside and we see Tron hanging on like Spider-Man <laughs> to, the, to the side of what appears to be Sark's command module part. I don't know how he got there. He slides back into the crack <laughs> and turns his back to the wall as a few of the things he's standing on uh, and leaning on start to pulse white. And uh, then we get a wider shot of the bridge compartment as it detaches. And we can see that the flashing white parts are on the sides and the rims of it, uh, like lights on the outside of planes. Tron must literally be standing on the other side of the little shuttle here as it flies through the air. It's not really attached in any way. He's just kind of <laughs> standing on a platform and he's leaning against the wall as this thing's whipping through the air and tilting and banking and stuff like that. It's a very under-designed shuttle from the back. Like, the front's okay, but the, the, it just looks yeah. like a brick. Yeah, it really does. I kind of like that it's got a complete lack of aerodynamics. You know? Oh yeah, uh, but it it's like it's also just kind of like, did you guys finish this <laughs> or you know? Yeah, there's no docking. Uh, so gonna... Yeah, right. There's no yeah. There's no sort of pinchers you know, that are holding or, it on. Yeah, no. yeah, it's true. We cut back to the interior of the cell with Flynn and Yori as Flynn feels the energy cage door to the cell and he says, "These walls, Yori, something's happening." But she's lost in sadness, uh, sort of sitting over in the middle of the cell. She's really got it bad. She's really feeling down. This is something that she's completely given up. Um, but Tron's, I mean, Flynn's still got some uh, some fight in him. He's still hopeful. He's kind of switched because I think yeah, he's rallied or back. whatever. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, before he was quite despondent. Uh, we got some great visuals here as the music ramps up with the synthesizer and the Wendy Carlos music and the Tron theme. We got a shot of Sark piloting and then an over-the-shoulder shot of Sark looking forward at the MCP's island tower. There's like 17 or 18 red spokes of energy beams radiating outward from it and one red beam lancing straight up towards the sky. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I wonder if these are the energy beams that the solar sailor was riding, sort of? Like... Or maybe, well, that one was yellow, and these are red. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. Or maybe these are the transport beams that he was talking about. Them. I don't know. 
we get a we get a shot of Dumont with the guard behind him and another old program in front of him, like a real close up of this guy's face of this other uh, older older program. I wonder if they're all um, whatever Dumont's job was, a guardian of the of the, the, of the interface for the users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're all communication guardians. I would yeah. think so because they all seem to be of a same age and they're wearing the same uniform. But there's twelve of them. So that's interesting. Um, and I, w- I wanted to try to find out who this guy was because when you do a movie by minute like this, you want to dive in and find out like every every bit. Part, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, every, uh, you know, and there's an astounding number of uh, people in this this movie that went on to do greater things. One of the, the, the cycle, the, 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 the bad guy light cycle, uh-huh. one of the bad guys in the light cycle race was Captain Marvel. Like in the 1970s, the 1970s television show Barry, and then there was uh, the guy who was the star of American Ninja, all the American Ninja movies. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, he's he's one of the guards, you know. And there's all these like <laughs> sort of, and if they're not like they're either their their IMDb is either like Tron and one other movie, uh-huh. or they've got like 987 credits. <laughs> especially the stunt people. They had a lot of stunt people in this movie. Um, just showing up to do a few falls, but those those people have been in like tons and tons of films. So I was kind of looking at this this old guy in the foreground, like, oh, who's this guy? You know, and uh, yeah, he's nowhere nowhere to be found. He doesn't have uh, a line, so I guess he's basically just an extra. But they don't uh, they don't go they don't there's no there's there's a bunch of people in the background that aren't aren't credited. Just too bad because I'd like to I'd like to know, <laughs> I'd like to know give them a shout them. out. Give them a shout out. Yeah, give them a little. Hey, I remember you, buddy. Uh, so yeah, so it's too bad. I don't know. I guess because it's like you get people with lines get credits, but everybody else doesn't. So I can I can dig that. We hear uh, little pings from the lights as the as the shuttle goes along, sort of like a submarine, which sort of makes it less like a plane and more like a submarine. And uh, we see an exterior shot of the little shuttle flying towards the MCP mounted in the background with this great purple dusk gradient sky. Um, and then Sark's Sark's ship brings up the rear as the as the shuttle flies ahead. Um, the ship flies over the edge of the caldera I, I, of the mountain. I call it a caldera because it looks kind of like a volcano or like mm-hmm. Devil's Tower from the the Close Encounters of the Third Kind in Wyoming, like a a mountain with the tip cut off. We get a glimpse of the MCP looking very small in the center of this massive cracked plane on top of this massive structure. This is really impregnable. This is like, because I thought the big tower, I thought the big tower was the MCP, but it's just like the base. And then the MCP is like, boop, just like tucked away on the top of it there. And you're like, yeah, how do you, the only way to get to the MCP is through like, flight you know sark's carrier or, or or something like that he's really uh really got a fortress getting uh going along there so the ship shoots along skimming near the new ground and we can see other bits and shapes and chunks flying around in the air as well which sort of brings us up to the end of the minute but i wonder if there's any sort of significance to there being 12 guardian programs you know because i was thinking of uh like 12 disciples 12 guardian programs there's a few uh there's a few sort of religious threads that go through this movie probably not this is mm. also one of the byproducts of doing things like this you're like, tw- you're well, like oh 12 12 guardians oh i see what you're trying to do and if the director was in the room he'd be like what are you talking <laughs> <No>. about <laughs> no 
it's an even number so we were trying to go for an even number but <laughs> it's not a good know. binary number no i guess not right so 10 would be a uh, so let's see here uh, in terms of the differences uh between the novel and the screenplay uh there's some there's some cool sentences in the novel that drop some pretty heavy implications um as is the way with novelizations when it describes the mcp it calls the whole area the central processing unit like so that's you're fine oh cpu finally finally gets into the movie <laughs> somewhere which is cool uh, it talks about the rotating sawtooth band of the focusing antenna, and it talks about a halo of free bits orbiting the citadel like an asteroid belt. And I'm like, free bits? What's a what's a free bit? You know, like we haven't seen bit for a super long time now, like just uh, just feral bits, <laughs> you know, just roaming around. I don't know. There's a, a Sam a co-host a few minutes ago. He talked about all the implications of the film could be. Uh, explored in a giant phone book sized novel by Neil Stevenson called like the, uh, the the cryptonometron. You could call it the cryptonometron. You know, looked at this sub appendix B for like free bits and uh, get some stories in there for that. Cause there's just so much stuff in this. There's so much questions raised by this film that aren't, uh, that aren't that deeply explored and they weren't that deeply explored in legacy either. I want to see, much more. I want a TV show like the like the cartoon that was on for a while. I'd love for Disney Plus to fire up something uh, more Tron. You know, well, cer- certainly Tron. a well loved property. It's no, it is, and uh, Legacy did well. Like I know that the 1982 Tron didn't do that well at the box office, but uh, Legacy did. It wasn't a blockbuster, but it, it did well. It, wasn't, it didn't scrape past. It made its money back and then some. Yeah, so, I don't they're know, doing still They've got all the Mandalorian. They're doing all the virtual scenery tech. It's perfect yeah. for something like Tron, where it's yeah. not really there. Yeah, that would be fantastic. In uh, the screenplay, it's pretty much the same as the movie. Oh, and that would be great for the actors too, because uh, well, I don't know what they're doing in uh, in the Mandalorian, but I've seen this this setup where you actually have like five wall size televisions yeah 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 screens that's, that's the thing i Is was that, talking about yeah yeah that's yeah the so thing, they yeah. can so see the scene that they're in while they're in the scene yeah that would be really cool <coughs> especially for the tron people so they wouldn't have to like film under these circumstances <laughs> where they're like just taking random stabs at what's around them if they can actually see the world that they're in and they're yeah, dressed in that the costume would be, cool. that would be be a lot better and then in between shooting days it could just be like a ride have you ever wanted to be in tron (laughs) now you can you know some head tracking on there to change your perspective as you look around oh that would be so awesome uh in the screenplay it's pretty much the same as the movie with a few minor line changes but uh bit bit was on the solar sailor when it got in the in the screenplay bit made it he's he's been following tron around he was Sorry, following Flynn around. He was with Flynn, like after the crash, after the recognizer crash, uh-huh. uh, Bit es- escapes with with Flynn. So he's there when Flynn becomes red uh, after uh, killing the guard. He's there when they when he gets rescued by Tron on the Solar Sailor. Uh, Bit is there. Bit's actually the one that stops Tron from killing Flynn. <laughs> like 
Flynn pulls, I mean, Tron pulls back his arm to like knock, uh, knock Flynn off the solar sailor. And it's, oh, it's when he's red and he's up. hanging off the side. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's bit that comes up going, no, 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 no. And, uh, and then Tron's like, what? Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> Flynn. So, so he's actually got some, uh, some lines and some, some roles, but, um, now he's gone and I don't know where, I don't know where he's, where he's gone to, but I guess they just, in the movie, they were like, okay, he's not doing anything. So he's got to, let's just leave him in the recognizer. Probably for the best. Kind of feel bad for, for a bit though. Cause he thought, he thought Flynn was clue. That becomes really clear in the, uh, in the, in the book. Bits just like hiding out in this junk pile, shivering and alone. And then sees clue again. And is like, oh, hi buddy. And Flynn's like, who, who are you? I don't know who you are. And then, but, uh, and then it crashes and he leaves and it's just trapped in the recognizer again. Like, Oh, bit, you know, you kind of got, you don't have, you don't have a very good storyline in this no. movie. I kind of feel bad for you. See, you he needs to come back in a TV show. That's yeah. And they give him like another five words or something like that. Every, every, every show they give him the capacity for another few words or something like that until he can speak. I don't know. We'll see. But that takes us up about to the end of minute 81, I think. What do you think? You got anything else for 81? Well, I was more a general thing. You've been delving into this film for a while now. And um, has it made it less magical or more magical? You've seen so much behind the scenes on it. It's very interesting because it's kind of a bit of both. One of the things that I've been afraid of is that it would fall apart. Right, mm-hmm. that under 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 the microscope, you'd be like, "Oh, this really doesn't work," and that has happened in some in some ways, especially with the sort of script and the pacing. Uh-huh. You know, like we're sort of in the depth right now of where the movie has lost a lot of viewers. Yeah. Sort of up until about the halfway point, up until they visit Dumont, everything's pretty clear. Yeah, but yeah. then when they visit Dumont, you're like, "Who is Dumont? What does he do?" They talk to Alan, and the last bit of clarity is that sort of uh, Death Star animation where he's like, "You have to put the disc here in the oh, neck yeah, yeah. of yeah. the MCP." That little graphic is sort of the last part of the movie that makes total sense. Now we're into like, "Hey, I guess some stuff is <laughs> happening." Yeah, oh, we're going you know, here because we need to go there and then we'll go there afterwards. I guess we're heading towards a final confrontation of some kind for some reason, I guess. And Tron's alive again. Okay, great. You know, like now we're getting into the to the parts of the movie where if people had checked out, this is the, the sort of depth of where they were fully checked out. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a bit of a shame in that regard where I'm kind of like, oh, okay. But it is kind of cool because I, I, I was, I didn't care for legacy when it came out because okay, I was yeah. like, Oh, you're pretty, you're pretty good, but you're no Tron, <laughs> you know, like the original Tron was incredible, but, uh, legacy is just kind of surface and they, they, you know, bits of it are confusing. But now that I've gone deep into, uh, into the 1982's Tron, I'm like, you know what? This is pretty much on par with legacy, Yeah, you know, yeah. like write right writing wise and sort of. I don't want to say plot hole wise, but like, you know, confusing what the heck is going on wise. And, yeah. uh, like the emotional beats are there, but the actual explanations aren't. 
and the sort of like the bad guy's plan is a bit nebulous and uh characters are doing stuff and you're like that's interesting choice (laughs) you know like so there's stuff like that in both films so they're both sort of as good as each other which i was like uh it was it was good to feel that because I was kind of left disappointed by Legacy. But then when I saw Legacy again after having all of Tron in my brain, I realized there's a lot of callbacks in Legacy to Tron, like a lot, like there's oh, okay. a lot yeah, of yeah. this of this movie in Legacy. And I was like, wow, they really went the extra mile. They really did the work, and they really uh, they really made this film connect to Tron in a way that I didn't really realize on my first viewing. So that's been really cool but it has also kind of left me going oh so then nothing has really explored this <laughs> this property properly, properly like there yeah. needs yeah there needs like a a, a a big third movie that really really <laughs> brings it home yeah, yeah which uh as far as i know has never happened in the history of cinema <laughs> like the oh, third never, sequel ever. now that was that was the that was the good one so that would be uh that would be absolutely incredible if that happened but it has given me on the other hand reading about the making of it i'm like you guys the work you did like this this like the accomplishment of this movie yeah yeah is is wild like it's just wild how this movie got made it's uh it's it's twisty path to being made because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be animated like fully animated like not cg animated just like oh just like okay right. animated. Yeah. yeah i didn't know that and, and, and it's like that i think with a lot of uh movie by minutes when you when you realize the problems that the film had that turned into triumphs or like how the film almost turned out is almost as interesting as how the film actually turned out you know like oh, yeah yeah so it's path to scream the effort made in production, it's definitely gone up to 11 because I had no idea. But the uh, the film itself has gone down in terms of its uh, its quality in my in my eyes, but it's put it on par with Legacy, which I really appreciate. And I still just love the film. I still just yeah. love the look of it. I love the uh, and also the um, the depth of the film is definitely there. Uh, this this Tron movie is not a shallow film. It's a very deep film. A lot of people think it's eh, you know. Uh, bad guys, good guys fight. The the good guys win. It's just standard Disney nonsense. I'm like, no, there's a bunch of stuff in here about society and religion and philosophy and parenthood and all this kind of stuff that uh, is very very deep, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, philosophical. So that's been cool to, uh, to when you hold that up to the light and it's still got the depth and quality to it. You're like, okay, good, right on. But yeah, yeah, it, it hasn't it hasn't turned. I've listened I've listened to movie by minutes podcasts where as they're doing it, you can tell their enjoyment of the film is being <laughs> it's being destroyed incrementally as every minute passes. They're like, actually, this is kind of weak. Oh, actually, why is this character doing this? And they're like, oh, no. And you can sort of like, oh, no. Yeah, just picking it, it thicken and thicken and thicken and then everything starts to unravel. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's sort of, that's been, some of that's happened here, but also uh, it's, some of it has been strengthened. So it's kind of, come out even in the wash in the end but it's been a fascinating experience now that we're coming into the home stretch we've got like not too much longer so anyway but that takes us to the end of the uh to the end of minute 81 it's been fantastic having you on it's great talking to you yeah it was good times have you not seen uh had you not seen tron in a long time before i before i asked you to 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 uh partake um yeah i was trying to think before i think maybe when the blu-ray came out I would have yeah 
watched it then. Well, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but certainly quite a few years. Yeah, it's beautiful on the Blu-ray because I've been going through it like to watch it and uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, when on big screen television and the Blu-ray, it's just like, wow, man, this is gorgeous. <laughs> so it yeah, it's weird. You get this com- the combination of the CG bits, and then you have these. The faces are so um, the desaturation on them. Yeah, just yeah, like, like a bad photocopy or something. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. it's got such an aesthetic to it. A real, uh, yeah, a real unique aesthetic. But you can also see the flaws that like they're they're jittering around a little bit, you know, and their yeah, yeah, edges. Yeah. That, you know, they got like oh, a, that's a, that a dark, glitchiness dark is part of what I think makes it look. Yeah, banging. yeah, it adds to it, right? It adds to the to the world that they're in, which is like, oh, cool. This makes it alien. This makes it strange. You know, it doesn't have to be all smooth and beautiful. It can yeah, be it's kind a of flickery. Weird. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's like rendering's a little bit off. It's not. It's cool. Yeah. It's interesting that they didn't have a character in here that was all like sort of Max Hedrumy, kind of stuttery. <laughs> oh you know, yeah, like, you know, like people would like click, 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 click. You know, they would have some sort of a, a looping, a looping issue or glitching out. Yeah, maybe it's for the best. That could have got annoying if they did too much of it. But oh, sure could. Well, thank you very much for partaking. You're entirely uh, welcome. It's been fun. Uh, it has been. It's been wonderful. If you want to get in touch with us, check out more at TronologicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at TronologicallySpeaking. Send us an email at TronologicallySpeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Minute by Minute listeners page. Go on over to Pond5.com for your music needs, for your short film or whatever you're into, whatever you're doing. And uh, go on over to MoviesByMinutes.com to see the long, long list of movies and may pay, pay special attention to the Star Wars Minute because they were the guys that started it all and they were like, come on aboard, everybody, when other people expressed interest, which was very nice of them. Um, and if you don't see your favorite film there, then uh, consider getting a friend together. I do recommend doing it with somebody as a solo effort. This has been a huge effort, so definitely get a friend and uh, consider doing one yourself because it's a very inclusive and encouraging community. Well, Dave Brown, you want to try a final end of line on three here? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> one, two, three. End, end of, of line. line. There you go.